Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wednesday, June 29th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. Hoinsey is off today. He'll be back with us hopefully pretty soon. Uh, until then, we're going to dive into some subtext submitted uh, reader questions and uh, try to talk some Guardians baseball uh, here on the heels of a split doubleheader between the Guardians and the Minnesota Twins. The Guardians rallying late to take the opener on Tuesday uh, behind two uh two runs single by Ahmed Rosario in the eighth inning uh great rally there and the bullpen holding up uh in in support of uh just a, a an outstanding comeback victory uh later on in the nightcap uh the offense unable to muster some runs uh Connor Pilkington getting roughed up for for three runs in the third inning and uh Jorge Polanco uh coming out and uh in his first game back after missing two weeks on the injured list, Torrey Polanco hits a home run. Uh, later, uh, another Bob Byron Buxton solo home run, giving him 20 on the year. Uh, just uh, an all-around good performance by Minnesota's hitters, taking advantage of uh, the young Connor Pilkington in the rotation for the spot start and a doubleheader. Uh, so the Guardians split the doubleheader with the Twins uh, and remain three games back in the American League Central. But uh, another game here Wednesday and another chance, another opportunity to draw closer in the division. Uh, let's let's jump into some questions, though, from our uh, subtext subscribers. We uh, we actually threw one out there uh, to sort of get things rolling. And I asked the uh, the subscribers, hey, do you guys think Andres Jimenez uh, should be an all-star this year. And I think overwhelmingly the uh, the responses were positive. Uh, submitter, uh, listener from the 330 area code said, maybe not an all-star starter, but definitely on the squad. Uh, then there was another one who said, uh, absolutely, he's an all-star. Uh, that's from the 917 area code. Uh, 440 area code Marv in Phoenix Marvin Phoenix with a 440 area code number. That's good. Uh, yep, he is. Uh, that's uh, a response to is Jimenez an all-star. I think uh, definitely the numbers he's put up over the last uh, two weeks, over the last month, have indicated that he's definitely comfortable at the plate. 
He plays great defense in the field. Uh, I think he should absolutely be joining uh, Jose Ramirez when the All-Stars go to Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. Uh, other uh, questions submitted by the users here. Uh, Ryan from Rockport, Texas wants to know if Tito is making the right decisions in terms of managing the young players, uh, especially the bullpen and uh, the occasional defensive slip-up. Uh, and uh, just looking at the way they've played lately, I think uh, Tito said it best uh, yesterday before the, the first game of the doubleheader. He said, coming off that road trip where they went 7-2 and two to Colorado, Los Angeles, and Minnesota, uh, he says it's probably not feasible that they play 800 ball the rest of the way out. Uh, that was a bit of an outlier. Uh, he says this is a young team and it's going to continue to grow. It was good for them to to experience sort of that momentum. But then you come back and you run into Boston and that's a team that's uh, trending upward and, you know, has good pitching and a dangerous lineup. And and they had some trouble with that, uh, that Boston lineup. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all that much of a surprise uh, that 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 happened uh, is as far as making the right decisions in terms of managing the young players, I think. You've seen with Oscar Gonzalez, he's, he's put Oscar Gonzalez out there in right field and, and let him play, let him run and, and, you know, experience his ups and his downs. So far, the, the ups have probably outnumbered the downs for Oscar Gonzalez, a, a good indication. Uh, he stuck with Stephen Kwan, even when uh, Kwan, you know, came crashing down after that, uh, you know, incredible first month of April. Uh, now Quan has, you know, hits in what his last seven ball games, or he's been on base and he's now batting lead off and, and getting on base and, and being effective in that, uh, that role for Terry Francona. Uh, I think he's, he's handled the, the rookies pretty well. Uh, this team is going to be young. They're going to continue to be young. Uh, a lot of these, uh, these readers here, uh, who've submitted questions through subtext, uh, once again, yeah, if you want to sign up for subtext, 216-298-4346, uh, send a text message or log on to cleveland.com slash subtext and subscribe. It's $3.99 a month. And uh, we we go back and forth here with uh, with you, the, the readers and the fans. Uh, Hoinsey and myself uh, send text messages every day. Uh, this next question comes from the 216 area code. Why does Tito have Miller on first base? Clearly, he's not comfortable. Uh, after a few errors or, and miscues in the field defensively. Uh, yeah, that's not Owen Miller's natural position. He's, he's naturally a shortstop. Uh, that's what he came up as. But he's a versatile player, and, and you want to keep his bat in the lineup as much as possible. Uh, he's, he's, he's a very consistent hitter lately for uh, this lineup, and that's what they need. Uh, I, I think if Miller can play first base, you, you play him over there, and, and you sort of live with, uh, the occasional ball that skips by on a, on a double play uh, attempt, as we saw happen with Andres Jimenez trying to turn a couple of double plays uh, earlier this week. I, I don't think you run away from Miller at first base. Uh, your other first baseman right now is Josh Naylor, and I think he does a pretty solid job over there. Uh, that was one of his positions when he came to the club, but he had been playing outfield a lot more often. I think they're going to try and protect Josh Naylor a lot more and play him at first base. Uh, as often as they can. I don't think you're, you're going to see Josh Naylor in the outfield uh, at all the rest of this season and, and maybe any more in the future uh, with, with the emergence of Stephen Kwan and uh, uh, Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, 
Here's a, a question from Dave Kellogg in Lake Mary, Florida. Uh, Dave wants to know, uh, hey, do you think the Guardians will consider trading Fran Mill Reyes? I hate to see him go, but as a DH, he needs to hit more, and he's not all that great defensively. Uh, I would say we, I don't think we've seen enough of Fran Mill defensively in the outfield to write him off completely as an option there. Uh, you know, maybe maybe playing him in left field would be a possibility, but we've got enough. There, there are enough young players in uh, AA and AAA waiting. I'm, I'm thinking particularly of George Valera uh, with the ability to come up here and, and play corner outfield positions. So, yeah, I don't see Framil getting too many opportunities there. So that means he's a DH. And if he's a DH, he's going to have to hit. You're right. He's going to have to hit more than 200. You're right. Uh, he's been hitting very well at home. Uh, on the road, it's been a completely different story. Uh, since coming back up from his injury stint and uh, in, in rehab in Columbus, uh, I think he's been sort of in between. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll uh, you know, collect a, a base hit or a double here or there, but, you know, there, we haven't really seen the consistent approach that we were hoping would accompany him back up from Columbus uh, at the plate. He's still swinging. Uh, he's a lot of swing and miss, just more swing and miss than you you really want to see from a guy who, you know, when he stays on the ball and drives it to center and drives it to right field, uh, it does a pretty good job and can hit for a high average. He actually has the ability to, to hit, you know, or, uh, in the, in the high two hundreds, uh, you know, or up around 300. Uh, I think Fran Mil Reyes is a guy who can give you 30 home runs and hundred RBIs in a season. Uh, but right now he's just, he's sort of lost at the plate and, uh, I don't think they're going to run away from him. I think they're going to give him as much of an opportunity as they would give anybody. Uh, Terry Francona is, is a fan of saying, if you don't give guys a chance to get themselves right, then you miss out when they get good. And and I think trading away Fran Mil Reyes right now would be a big mistake, uh, especially if he's a guy who can come back and consistently give a team, you know, 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. The, those guys just don't grow on trees. Those Those middle of the order, you know, big bats that can drive the ball out of the park at any given time. Uh, you need a guy like that. You're, you're hoping Oscar Gonzalez can develop into that guy. Uh, right now, he's doing a great job of controlling the strike zone, but, you know, his power really hasn't emerged yet. Uh, we haven't seen him driving balls out of the park. We, not, we'll, you'll take what you get with Gonzalez right now. He's, he's you know, extra base hits. He's, he's legging out doubles. He's He's playing pretty well defensively in the outfield. You, you haven't seen him make, you know, too many mistakes other than the occasional rookie bonehead mistake. But uh, for the most part, you got to love his arm out there. He's gone back on a couple of uh, fly balls that have been really impressive. He caught one uh, in the nightcap last night that was uh, a really nice catch. Uh, I think he's your right fielder for, for right now and maybe for the remainder of the season, uh, depending on how things go with the trade deadline. But there's there's got to be an opportunity for Framil to hit there. You're not going to DH Oscar Gonzalez. You're going to play him in the field. So whether it's Josh Naylor at DH, whether it's uh, Jose Ramirez getting a, a day off his feet at design, designated hitter, uh, the, the at-bats are going to be fewer for Framil if he's only able to play uh, in the lineup in that position. So, yeah, I can definitely see, uh, you know, Framil – struggling the rest of the season he's got to get himself right he's got to get hot and get on a stretch and and show uh the guardians that that he is the hitter that put up those numbers in the in the past and 
if he's able to do that, then maybe we're, we're looking, if he's not able to do that, then maybe we are looking at, you know, trying to package him in a, in a deal for, for somebody, uh, maybe not at the trade deadline, but maybe in the off season. A uh, couple more questions here. Uh, Allie Harris from Sagamore Hills wants to know how is Jose doing with his finger? Uh, it was reported last week that, uh, you know, or over the, uh, the end of the road trip to, to LA that Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, was dealing with some soreness in his thumb and it caused him to miss a couple of games. And, and really Jose hasn't looked right uh, ever since coming back from that. I think it's uh, something that's still nagging him, still bothering him. Uh, I think it's going to continue to bother him until he gets past it. Uh, you're, you're not going to see him out of the lineup because it's not something that's going to get, you know, necessarily worse. He, he just needs to rest it. And I think, uh, you know, the all-star break coming up will, will help, but, you know, we got a lot of games to get through before uh, before we get to that point. And I don't see uh, Jose Ramirez coming out of the lineup anytime soon to get the kind of treatment and rest on that thumb uh, that he needs. So uh, you're going to continue to maybe see him, uh, you know, occasionally drive a ball. And, and, you know, he had doubles in in a couple of the games here early in this series against Minnesota. But as far as the, you know, the home run swings and the, uh, the just the, the getting on base a lot more. He's, he's been popping out uh, considerably more than he had earlier in the season. Uh, part of it is, you know, you have that injury, you get a little more, a little bit more impatient at the plate. Uh, I think his discipline at the plate has, has decreased when the injury flared up. So, uh, you know, he's, he's maybe, maybe swinging at some balls that he necessarily shouldn't, but he's still Jose Ramirez. He's still, you know, a top, you know, five hitter in the league right now, I think. Uh, in terms of just who you want at the plate in a given situation. I know uh, the other night uh, with the bases loaded and an, an opportunity there to, to maybe win a game, uh, you know, there's nobody else that Terry Francona wanted more in that spot than Jose Ramirez, even though he wound up uh, grounding out to end the game. Uh, you, you, you want to, you want to see Jose work through this because uh, if not, if he's still nagged by this, it's going to be, uh, a, a long second half of the season here coming up. All right, this uh, question submitted uh, from a reader in the 703 area code who wants to discuss the momentum, uh, the, the role of momentum determining the course of the season. Uh, he gives an example of going back to the 2004 uh, Cleveland team. In August, they went, uh, they won 10 out of 11 games, including a couple of big wins against Minnesota. Uh, but one instance, they uh, they ran into who was it? Uh, Jose Offerman, uh, who doubled in a couple of runs in a game, and they went on to lose uh, the next eight games and sort of fell off and and didn't uh, you know succeed that year. Uh, that was um, reminiscent. This this listener says of uh, Francona's failure to pinch hit. Uh, in a crucial time against lefties uh, against Minnesota last week, uh, bases loaded, nobody out in a one nothing game. Uh, you know, I, I you're I mean, you might be comparing apples to oranges there uh, with that comparison, but I you know I want I watch these games, I watch the way Tito manages these games, and sure I have you know ideas about you know maybe doing something a little differently, but uh, from time to time, but you always got to understand where he's coming from. He's not necessarily 
even managing for that game, you know, right in that moment, if, if he can't justify what it's going to do for the team moving forward, uh, the next game, the next series, uh, the next week of games. So, uh, you know, there's always more than one course of action running through his head when he manages. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, maybe in that one Oh game, it's sort of magnified and, and uh, fans think that, you know, well, why didn't he do this or why didn't he do that? Uh, I'm, I'm, Maybe he maybe he regrets a decision he did or didn't make in that situation. But uh, I, I think going forward, uh, you know, he he I'm going to trust the guy who's won, you know, more than 700 games sitting in the uh, the manager's seat for for Cleveland. Uh, that That's for sure. Catching up on some Guardians news. Uh, Austin Hedges uh, suffered uh, concussion like symptoms. Uh, over the weekend after taking a foul tip uh, off the mask against Boston. And uh, that forced him to go on the concussion injury list. So uh, they went out and acquired Sandy Leone from Cincinnati. Uh, Sandy Leone, who had been with uh, Cleveland in 2020 and had also been an invitee to spring training uh, as, you know, familiar with the pitching staff. Uh, a lot of the guys here, uh, Sandy Leon, a veteran guy, he's about 11 year major league career, five different stops. Uh, you know, not necessarily the kind of guy who's going to put up any sort of offensive numbers, but he's going to handle your pitching staff really well and, uh, you know, be a, a, a good leader uh, for uh, the young guys and, and provide a, you know, a, a good backup for Luke Maley as he takes on the bulk of the catching duties while uh, Hedges is sidelined. Uh and, you know, people don't like the idea of, of bringing Sandy Leon back because he doesn't provide too much at the plate. But again, I think Tito's uh, approach here is he knows that, you know, there's there's not much at that spot. He just wants somebody who can handle the staff and, you know, play good defensively. And and that's what Sandy Leon brings, a, a veteran guy who he's very comfortable with in, in that role. Uh, as far as uh, another reader submits, uh, here's a, a take. Uh, it's time for Ernie Clement to go. We have too many good players at AAA. Uh, and I would strongly disagree with that. Uh, Ernie Clement, kind of the guy that every team needs to have uh, in the in the clubhouse and, and on the field. Uh, you know, the, the night that he was out there uh, pitching in the 11-1 uh, loss, he pitched the ninth inning, uh, throwing knuckleballs out there. I, I, he had at 4.30 that afternoon, he was wearing catcher's gear, warming up uh, guys in the bullpen because uh, Austin Hedges was unavailable to do so. So uh, you've got to look at everything that a guy like Ernie Clement brings to the clubhouse. He's an energy guy. He's really smooth defensively. He plays all around the diamond, uh, never puts up an argument or a fuss when Tito asks him to do something like go out and play left field or even just to go in and and spell Hosey at third base for, you know, a couple of innings defensively. Uh, this is a guy who will play anywhere and give you his, his, his best effort and, and be professional about it. And he's learned how to do that at a young age. Uh, and then, you know, behind closed doors, I think we've seen it uh, very much in, in the clubhouse and, and just off the field. Uh, the, his teammates are drawn to him. He's, he's got a really great personality. Uh, he's a lot of fun to be around and, uh, a good guy to have in any sort of clubhouse situation. Uh, I think 
every team needs an Ernie Clement, I, I think, and uh, somebody like that. And, and Tito's had a long history of guys like Mike Freeman, Mike Avilas, uh, who, you know, jack of all trades type guys who play everywhere and at, at a moment's notice. And uh, he's, he's built his winning reputation sort of on guys like that. So, uh, you know, I don't think Ernie Clement's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. I think he's with this team uh, for the full ride this year, for sure. Uh, wanted to tell you the other day uh, we were in the clubhouse and Emmanuel Classe got a delivery. It was a FedEx delivery. It was this strange orange box and one of the clubbies opened it up and, you know, handed it to Classe and, and Framo Reyes came over and, and took it out of Classe's hands and, you know, uh, a, a whole crowd gathered around them of players uh, as they opened it. It was this weird orange box. And as you lifted the lid, there was a, a blue glowing uh, LED light uh, on the inside. And they all were very impressed by that. Uh, and then you saw them reach in and it was obvious that it was a piece of jewelry that had been ordered. Uh, and it was a, a big, thick, like heavy uh, chain, uh, gold chain or a platinum chain uh, that, that Class A had ordered. And it came from a, a specialty jeweler. And uh, you would have thought that it was uh, it was like one of those unboxing videos on YouTube uh, that you see the uh, all the time and all the guys around and, and gather. It was it was almost like, uh, you know, they were they were looking at pictures of their kids or something like that, because uh, it was funny because Framo was wearing a gold chain and Hosey was wearing a gold chain and uh, Andres Jimenez had a gold chain on. And now Class A uh, had, had ordered his and gotten his and. Uh, it came in. It was just a sort of a weird kind of quirky, unique moment in the clubhouse where nobody was, uh, you know, thinking or doing anything about baseball. But uh, they were all just sort of looking at this gold chain thinking, you know, wow, this is pretty impressive. And, you know, for a guy who's, uh, you know, feeling pretty comfortable in his own skin right now, Emmanuel Classe, uh, 18 saves and 20 chances. And he's, he's on a course right now to wind up in Los Angeles as an all-star in 2022. That's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Guardians Mailbag. Uh, we will be back again uh, on Thursday and Friday with more podcasts and more information here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll see you then. <laughs>